Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On fantasy football, once you hear fantasy football, you know football is back. Once fantasy football comes back, I know football season's in gear. Put it this way, guys. We have high school football this Saturday in Kansas City. Or this Friday in Kansas City on the Missouri side. So we got high school football. We have five college games less than one week today on Saturday. Five. Count them five college football games next Saturday. So football is here. Chiefs, one more preseason game. I don't know how many starters are going to play coming up next Friday night. That's going to be interesting. Of course, the Chiefs. We'll talk about the Chiefs and Cardinals game from Friday night. But Chiefs just one more game. We get high school football in Missouri, as I said. The following week, Kansas gets going. But essentially, it's here. You start to do your fantasy football drafts. You listen to Dusty every uh, Sunday at 9 a.m. And you roll into it. Good morning, Grant. As you can tell, I'm fired up, man. Good morning, Pink. What's up? Football season's here, bro. Wait yes, all year for this. I got my fantasy draft this afternoon. Not going to slight you for that. That's okay. I usually it's too early. Well, no, it's fine because it's between week two and three in preseason and already a lot of starters in the NFL not playing in preseason as it is. I doubt they use next week to be the showcase game for somebody like Josh Allen. He didn't play yesterday in Chicago. I mean, some starters have played, some haven't. Obviously, the Chiefs have played Mahomes. We'll see if he even plays next Friday night. Guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, with the light sprain in the ankle, you won't see him. But the bottom line is, I usually waited, well, I always wait until the final preseason game just to make absolutely 100% sure. But I think you're safe going week two or three. Because this is going to be rest time next Friday. You know what I'm saying? When it's like, it's my commission's decision. I didn't make the choice. Your commissioner's decision? Yeah. Where's your draft at? Is it a bar? It's at my buddy's place, yeah. Going to his house, not a bar. Everybody bringing their laptops and everybody sits in there. I imagine, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Some people drafting on their phones, I'm sure. What do you do for your prize? I mean, what's fantasy football? Because we talked about this before, Grant. I did it on, on the night show, like fantasy football, your loser the year before. What interesting things. A lot of people had some interesting things they made the loser do. We don't have a loser one yet. This league's only like a couple years old, so we need to come up with a good one. What's but the our, winner get? The winner gets a jersey of the best player on their team, of whoever they want. 
The, the expensive jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 150 bucks or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a little authentic one. Yeah. Authentic jersey with the player's name on the back or the fantasy football player's name? With the, the player. It's the player's jersey because it's like the best player on your team or whatever. What if it's like a Raider or Bronco? Like, what if it's... <laughs> yeah, but that's why... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what do you do with it? I don't... Do you draft a lot of, like, in-division players? I would rarely do. Like, I stay away oh, when from it comes Broncos, to, When it comes to fantasy football, any anything, it doesn't matter if it's a rival. That's the one thing about fantasy football, and that, that's a reason sometimes it drives me nuts because sometimes you pick the rivals or they're playing the Chiefs, and you're like, eh, you know, because you, <laughs> you want your guy to have a good game. Typically, if they play the Chiefs, I don't like to play them because that's just me. It's just a weird part of me, like, watching no, somebody succeed against the Chiefs. I'm the same Chiefs. way, dude. I mean, I've done it before. I've done it before. Like, if you're going to get a touchdown, give it to him. You know, give it to X, Y, and Z. But I am careful about it. But that, I don't know, the, the weird deal is that tattoos are a big one. I did this on Wednesday night one night. What do you make your loser do in fantasy football? Get a tattoo? Yeah. Get, a permanent mark of your... Absolutely. That's what this league... There's a couple guys that said oh they do this God. in their leagues. Jay Southland, Toe Service, text line 913-576-7610. Fantasy football time now where the loser shows up. A lot of times, sometimes he's the guy that pays the bar tab. Like, he shows up and pays the bar tab. For what goes on, they've given tattoos. It's just the, the it's, tattoo is too much, man. Do you play a keeper league or do you get? It's keepers. We got three keepers. I'll be honest with you. I used to be real hardcore. I mean, back, going back in the days where the commissioner read the paper box scores, you know, it was before anybody really got into it. I mean, this was this is kind of even before. You know, the explosion of the internet, you know, where it makes it easy to go look for it. But back in the day, Grant, there's these things called newspapers. And people used to get newspapers, and you had to look up fantasy football stats that way. I mean, it goes back a long time. I'll be honest with you, though. Last couple of years, I've dabbled more in the weekly fantasy football. Did you win any money doing that yet? I have. I have, but you get involved in that, new players every week. So that, that's been... A little bit more fun. Well, it's nice you get like a fresh start. You're not like stuck with the same dudes. Yeah, injuries you don't worry about. It. Especially last year was great because a guy goes down with COVID or whatever. You just move on, grab somebody else. So you always keep your fingers crossed. You know now that they don't get hurt or get thrown on some kind of a list. But regardless, we'll talk to Ron Cop ArrowheadPride.com up at ten thirty. We'll check in with Josh Vernier. How about the Red Hot Royals? Five of six wins for the Kansas City Royals. Game one twenty three today. Carlos Hernandez versus Alec Mills. Royals in Chicago. And what yesterday really pissed me off, to be honest with you, Grant. Like, I'm like, the Royals game, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Chris Bubich is throwing a no-hitter through six. He had nine outs to go. Nine outs. They called a rain delay. Right? They called a rain delay. There was lightning in the area, whatever. Okay, they told the fans to leave the bleachers, all that. The players, they kept them on the field in the meantime. But then they went to the inning break. And they switched it. Chris Bubich, it was a 34-minute delay. So Bubich was able to still come back. What's he do? Walks Frank Schwindel. Then he gives up a home run to Wisdom. And then the no-hitter's gone. Still a great game. Great game from Chris Bubich. You love to see that from the 2018 draft picks, uh, especially the pitching ones and what they're doing. But it kind of it cooled him off. Like, it cooled the Jets of Chris Bubich. They threw him out of his rhythm. Yeah, I know he got to go back out there. But still, man, when you're in the groove, then you got that rain delay. Like, what are you doing? It never even rained. So you're mad at the weather? It was a rain delay without rain. Yeah, but if there's lightning, no. you can't. You got to be safe. 
I get it. I get that that part of the argument, but I get the other part too. Matheny was not happy about it, by the way. Mike Matheny was not happy whatsoever about the rain delay. We'll get into that, but uh, he had some comments about the delay. A weather delay without weather. I'm just saying, just let it rain. You got a no-hitter going on. Understand the situation. Crew chief, understand the situation. I was furious, man. I was like, damn the luck. Damn the luck. The Royals get there and damn the luck they do this. But Chiefs and Cardinals Friday night. But real quick, let's go to Dan and KCK. The only reason I'm doing this is because Dan gets me fired up. What's up, Dan? Bink, how you doing? Yeah, it's a good showing by the Chiefs on offense and defense. Now I'll talk to you about the Jerry Vale. Now I understand uh, there was lightning in the area, but there was no doggone rain. So uh, why why would he? Why he should have let the Cubs bat in the bottom of the sun. What do you think about that? What do I think about the uh, the game? Yeah, the Cubs the Cubs should have batted in the bottom of the sun because if they, if he if Jerry Vale didn't see no rain, then it didn't, didn't make sense to delay it for thirty five. I'm with you. I'm with you, Dan. Why? Why delay a game if there's no rain? All right, but I digress. That's, that's silly. It drove me nuts. But the Chiefs, on the other hand, looked good Friday night. And Grant, what looked good was the offensive line and defensive line. Here's the thing with the Chiefs, and this has become the popular trend now. I saw a lot of people talking about this. Through 52 snaps with the, the starters on the offensive line, they've yet to have a penalty. Oh, really? Oh, really? It's been a common theme that I've been talking about for the longest time. So there's two things, two themes with this offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. One, they're an angry group of customers, all right? They don't give up sacks. They don't give up sacks, but they don't give up penalties either. Knock on wood. It's not their MO. For instance, with the 52 snaps down with the offensive line, no penalties. Joe Tooney's been called for three penalties over the past two years. Joe Tooney was one of just two offensive guards in football to play 80% of his team snaps and not draw a single flag. Think about that. Didn't draw a single flag. How about Orlando Brown? This is the left side of your line. Again, the rookies going to have to prove themselves in the NFL. We'll see. But Orlando Brown has played 100% of the Ravens' snaps the last two years. He had two holding penalties enforced against him in those two seasons combined. That's it. So two holding penalties for Orlando Brown in two years. Joe Tooney, three total penalties of the past two seasons. This is the MO of this team. I mean, the most frustrating thing is, like I said, Travis Kelsey gets a big play. Tyreek, oh, it's coming back. Because the offensive line, you don't want to talk about them the rest of the year. Maybe if they make a nice pancake block or Trey Smith destroys somebody, you're going to talk about it. That's fine. But you don't like to talk about it after the game. Like, man, man, so-and-so, man, the penalties, the left tackle, right tackle. Like, the penalties. This is something you don't want to talk about. But the Chiefs' theme was not only to rebuild this line, but get guys to kind of fit into what they do, the mojo of this offensive line. The penalties have been have been an issue with the Chiefs. They're not a huge issue because they've been in two straight Super Bowls, three straight AFC title games. But you look at the box score sometimes at the end of the game, it's not 100% clean. Nine penalties, 10 penalties, 11 penalties, whatever it is. But you have an offensive line. Let the offense facilitate. Let the offense breathe. Let the offense do what they do. Let Patrick Mahomes stretch this deal's defense. It's throwing the Kelsey and Hill. Not worrying about that offensive line. But the offensive line, to me, looked great, and that was key number one. I mean, we can argue about Jody Fortson making the roster, Mark Skim. That doesn't matter. What matters is that offensive line. That's, that's been priority number one since the second the Super Bowl ended when they were like, all right, we got to do some of this offensive line. They went out and did it. Now they got three rookies starting because Niang in there for Mike Rimmers because the back spasms kind of Wally pipped them in a way. But Trey Smith earned that job from day one. Like day one, veteran show up. Trey Smith's out there at right guard. Creed Humphrey snatched that starting center position 
for the Kansas City Chiefs. But that, to me, Grant, is the number one thing to look at. Yeah, we can talk about Shane Bouchelle, you know, leading that game-winning drive against the 49ers, all that. All that stuff is fun, but all that stuff is secondary. The only thing that matters is in the trenches with this football team. The offensive line getting after, protecting your half-billion-dollar quarterback, and the defensive line, five sacks now in two games. Ten total, but five in each game. And Chris Jones, a sack in each game. One from the inside, this week was from the outside. Those things, to me, bring a smile to my face because this defense, folks, this defense for the Chiefs is going to be nasty. I feel it's the best defense Andy Reid has put in Kansas City. You do? You think it's the best one? I do. Okay. I do. There was a lot of concerns about the pass rush. Where's it going to come from? How's the defensive line going to look? I'm telling you, this defensive line looks good, especially with the rotation, the versatility. It's not only Jones going from the outside to the inside. They're pretty deep. Mike Dan has done it as well. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly deep. You know, in stopping the run, Nick Bolton has impressed me, and his Willie Gay's going to be the starter. Willie Gay's impressed me. And then the secondary. You know, I like what DeAndre Baker's doing. Mike Hughes, Mike Hughes is going to be the starter. Charvarius Ward. Not only that, but you can see Spags. He is not afraid to blitz the secondary members. They blitz all the time. Heck, even one of the backups that may make the team or not got a sack, got a cornerback sack in Boodle, got a quarterback sack in this game. Last year, they had five straight games with the defensive back sack, a nickelback sack. That's pressure coming from all over the place. I think the Chiefs are going to pressure the quarterback. I think they're going to stop the run. This defense is no joke. And Chris Jones... You know, people are starting to finally come around to, man, this guy could be defensive player of the year. Yes, he could. Chris Jones, as we've said, flashed me more than anybody in training camp. Snow Cone Jones every single day brought it, and he did something special to make you say, wow. Like you're watching a fireworks display on the 4th of July every single week. Michael Robinson, NFL Network, he called him his defensive player of the year. Over Aaron Donald, big, big, again, versatility. He can be inside, outside. He's the honey badger of the defensive line. James Palmer, NFL Network, visited Chiefs camp for one day. His camp standout was Chris Jones. He said he talked to Brett Veach. Brett Veach said the best camp he's ever had. 100% agree. Been talking Chris Jones. But I like the way this defense is playing. You know what? This defense was so good this week. Think about this. Negative one yards for Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray. First four possessions, minus one yards, total yards. Chiefs defense, limited Murray and Colt McCoy. Only four first downs in the first half. That's it. Four first downs in the in the opening half. Murray, four passes for two yards. Chris Jones, one of three quarterback sacks in the first half. Again, when the starters play, Juan Thornhill. <laughs> we'll hear from Juan Thornhill, a nice diving pick. People were concerned about him and the fact that he's been working with the third team. They just want to get him reps. It's like sending the guy back to AAA just to get at bats. Cardinals didn't make a first down until 432 left in the second quarter. See, that stuff's impressive. We could talk about the likes of Jody Fortson, the 20 pounds, and making the roster. All that stuff's great. All that stuff is gravy, but it's not the foundation. It's not the fundamentals of what this team can and will be. Let's go to Belton. Talk to John. What's up, John? Jay Binks, hey, how you doing, my brother? John and Belton, how you doing? What's up, John and Belton? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, first of all, I'm going to jump on your uh, on the on your Snowco Jones, and yeah, they're killing it from the outside, and yeah, they're I, I see the rush uh, uh, has picked up probably tenfold uh, of getting after the quarterback. My still my concern, and the concern that I've had for the last five to six years is stopping 
the run. And I know you have to. We've all mentioned it. We've all talked about it. So that's where we have got. It's the killer, man. It's what keeps, it's what keeps Johnson. What keeps Mahomes over there next to Andy Reid on the bench? Next, to Eric Bieniemy. When teams are able to run the football, that's the only way to stop the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, quarterback, cornerback blitzes, getting to the quarterback, those type of things. Yes, but if you really want to stop the Chiefs, where they have had trouble in the past is when teams absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage where their offensive line is dominating the Chiefs' defensive line. They're keeping the clock moving. The best way to beat the Chiefs is keep Patrick Mahomes over on the sideline drinking Gatorade, right? The best way to beat the Chiefs is doing that. But if the defense is nasty and flipping it around and not giving you a first down to the end of the second quarter, again, I'm telling you, this defense, John, you've been up there. You've seen it. This defense is different. Yeah, yeah, and, and I agree with you. I, 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 ninety-eight percent of the time, I agree with you. And because you're a football guy, you know more than me. I know a hell of a lot, but you know even more. And yes, and I agree with the situation in that we can blitz corners and we can bring in the badger to jump in there and stop the run. But then. Oh, wait, we didn't figure out what play was called, and they sent three guys deep. And then, uh uh-oh, yeah, we tried to stop the run. And then, so it's going to be about scheme, packages, at the right time. And uh, I'm going to let you chime in on that. And, uh, Jay, I'll I'll talk to you soon. All right, All right, John, take care. Excitement, you know. (laughs) You know. You think of the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs used to be known as a defensive team with Marty. It was all about defense. It, the Chiefs were always lopsided. One defense was good, or then the offense was good. Never both at the same time. I mean, last year the defense was 17th in the NFL. The defense was good enough. I mean, I think Steve Spagnuolo has done a great job with his defense since the minute he walked through the door, cleaned house with the coaches, brought in a lot of new players. Honey Badger, that extension as a coach on the football field, made a huge difference for this defense. There's no doubt about it. But we've talked a lot about the offense. The offense is fine. But that side of the ball is getting better. The trenches are getting better. I just see some things. I'm not tired. I don't care if the Chiefs win these preseason games or lose them. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It matters setting up the foundation for that line, getting that defense. They're starting to feel it, man. They're starting to feel it. That's good news. We'll we'll talk more about that. Plus, Andy Reid gives an injury update and his thoughts on the game next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, man. Chiefs win 17-10 on Friday night versus the Cardinals. Long drives, that one drive that Mahomes had there in the first quarter, 15 plays. They probably didn't get the points that you wanted, but it was just simple domination. 28 first downs to 13. 28 for the Chiefs, 13 for the Cards. 458 yards for the Chiefs, 239 for the Cards. But again, when the starters ran, Kyler Murray won a four for two yards. This defense, man, I'm telling you, if this defense can be good, you're talking about putting an all-around good team. It oftentimes I'll look at teams where they finish in scoring offense and scoring defense, add them up, give them a point system. I mean, those are the best teams, those ones that can, unless you have a great defense it's fully slated and your offense could be 14th or 15th we've seen the Ravens do that back in 2000 but hell you even go back to the Rams they won at 99 you know first in offense fourth in scoring defense a lot of people didn't realize that defense was that good but they were but the more the Chiefs can do on the defensive line stopping the run and then be good in the trenches on offense protecting Mahomes I think we'll rest easy let's go to Steven and Latham what's up Steve hey Bank uh, good game last night um you know, uh, the defense is really coming around, but we, we've got big problems on offense. We're, we're going to be looking at winning a lot of 23-21 games. It's going to be NFC football. I'm not saying we can't win Steven. 14 games. but those Steve, but Tyreek didn't even anything. play. They haven't even uh, opened well, this offense. This, this here's the deal, Steven. This offense has been like running a Madden game. I mean, they're not opening up the playbook whatsoever. I mean, either well, team no, is, so no. we can say the same thing about defense. I gave you that. We could say the same don't thing. Fool, don't fool yourself. They're dropping. They're dropping balls. And let me tell you. Let me tell you about Honey Badger. If he wants to prove his worth, let's put him in a couple trick plays. I think I'm an LSU guy, but uh, to tackle this Honey Badger issue, this is really ungrateful and and sort of I don't know why he's why he's doing this and and complaining. I think that he can he's free to to take out an insurance policy on himself for financial security. And he knows darn well that we don't have the money under under the salary cap. So in order to get back in the fans' good graces, the, the, the honey badger needs to make himself more valuable to the team. Either that's by stopping the run or or making interceptions or, you know, saying going to coach and saying, Steven, hey, he's been first team all pro. In the he's been first team all pro the last two years. What more do you well, want him to do? This is the preseason, Steven. When you... That doesn't win you squat. You have to keep performing on the field. NFL stands for not for long, and that's going to be Tyron Matthew. Steven, here's Even the thing. LSU all alum, right, Steven. Myself. All right, Steven, listen to this, though. Listen to this, though. He's, he's played. The, I mean, he showed up to OTAs, things he didn't have to do. He still showed up. He has showed up. Yes, he wants would like to see a contract. Jamal Adams certainly opened the door for a big payday for Tyron Matthew coming down the corner, even though he's four years younger than the Honey Badger. But he's been instrumental in being that coach on the field for this team. He's made all pro the last two years. Now, I'm not looking at preseason for any of these guys. The, guy, the proven guys, they're going to be fine. I like this new juice, this new energy, though. From the defensive line, I think we should be happy with how the Kansas City Chiefs have been playing defensively. You know this offense can be fine. Has there been some communication issues between between Patrick and McCole Hardman? Yeah, there's been a few issues, but they'll iron those things out. We'll hear from both those guys uh, coming up later in the show. Certain things you want to see. You got to be excited about your guy, Byron Pringle. Mr. K-State, Grant Nicholson, 
I am, dude. He's been playing great. He has been. He looks good, man. And no one talks about him. Like, he's been on the roster forever. He knows the system. He's got a ring. He's been here. He's been around. He, he works out like a fiend in the offseason. You talk about that ex-receiver who's going to do the dirty work that Sammy Watkins did. Look no further than this guy. Yeah, he's worked on his speed. He's done that. The catch in the football. He caught the first pass for the Chiefs in last year's Super Bowl. But he's quietly, he quietly puts together good games. I mean, again. Byron Pringle's a man. He had a touchdown against the Niners, four for 63, targeted five times. So who was the, who are they going to target? That was the question. Who are the Chiefs going to target? Because clearly, Darius Fountain was the guy in the 49ers. Now, he got three targets, did Fountain, who reminds me of Dwayne Bow. He just does. Maybe it's the 82. But he had three catches, 54 yards. Again, trying to make the rush. Back in, guys. But this year, I don't know if we're going to sit here and you know pound the table and talk about Fountain if he makes the roster. But Byron Pringle's a guy you'll talk about. You know, right now, being that third receiver for this team, Byron Pringle is in Andy Reid's good graces. He was. I mean, he started to, you know, get more input, uh, doing more things on the football field, was really going right until he got hurt in that Raiders game last year. And he just continues to quietly be an under-talked-about guy, but a guy that produces for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm looking forward to him. Now, Hardman did figure it out. He did to get that, that touchdown grab in this game as well. But, you know, shout-out to Byron Pringle. I actually like what this running game can do, too. And I know that uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire banged up just a little bit. Here's Andy Reid in the post game, just when he's talking about the injuries. Well, just uh, before the game, uh, Fenton uh, tweaked his hamstring. Um, looks like it's a knot, but we'll, we'll see tomorrow when we get back. Um, we just he was returned punts there before the game. And Clyde um, hurt his right And then uh, Wharton was, but came back in. Um, and then Tyreek, uh, Tyreek had had a hamstring that had kind of tightened up on him in practice, thought he could go. And then um, during warmups, it tightened up again. So I, I chose to keep him, keep him out of there. Um, listen, all in all, I, I was real pleased with the defense and how they played. And um, I, I thought Spags did a, a nice job. DB did a nice job with, um, you know, with the offense and Dave with the special teams. I just, all in all, I, I, I thought it was a good game. We offensively, we had a lot of yards, a lot of plays, and probably could have had some more points in that first half. Um, on defense, I, 22, 95, 51. I mean, these guys all really showed up. Um, and then McColl came up with a, a big catch. 22 comes up with a big interception. I mean, it was. Uh, those are those are things that'll help us help us down the road here. So, um, all in all, again, um, a good night. Our runners. I, I joked I joked Dan about uh, you know number forty Gore looked like you know Gail Sayers, man. I mean, I'm going. He, he was doing a beautiful job in there, making people miss, and it was, it was fun to watch. So, anyways, that time's yours. There you go, Andy Reid, talking about a little bit of the injury situation. Dear Williams and concussion protocol. Uh, Fenton got banged up a little bit. He Clyde Edwards-Alaire, clearly, and more on him later. They'll probably rest him this week, get him ready for the regular season against the Cleveland Browns. Coming up next, though, thoughts about this offense and defensive line with Ron Cop. ArrowheadPride.com next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Chiefs meet the Cardinals on Friday night, 17 to 10. To talk about it, Ron Cop, arrowheadpride.com, at Ron underscore Cop, K-O-P-P. Good morning, Ron. Morning, Jay. It's, it's good to, to get the preseason down. We're, we're one game away from, from regular season football. I'm, I'm ready. 100%. You got a couple articles up on Arrowhead Pride, one of them being Juan Thornhill. We'll get to that in just a second. But first and foremost, something we talk about the line a lot, the offensive line a lot. You know, people have been talking about the, the no penalties to the 52 snaps. Ron, we've said this before, man. It's their MO. It's what they do. Joe Tooney, three penalties of the past two years. Two years ago, he didn't have a single one. The only guard in football with at least 80% of the snaps that didn't. We're looking at guys like uh, like Orlando Brown had uh, two holding penalties against him in the last two years combined. I mean, the trend continues. I felt the line gelled more this week than we've seen in the past. This was good to see. Yeah, they got a lot more opportunity this week. They played, I believe, 40-plus snaps together. The offensive line did, uh, even with Chad Henney in the game. And yeah, no, they had a they had a clean game. I would say there were definitely some instances of you know uh, passing stunts or blitzing stunts, I should say, linebackers stunning and, and kind of messing with Niang and Orlando Brown at times, uh, you know, leaving a, an open lane for a pass rusher. And that's going to come with time, you know, communication. It's a it's a brand new line. Even even the rookies, you know, obviously they they have no NFL experience, but even the the veterans having you know uh, being new to the team, that's gonna it's gonna be an adjustment, but. There was a lot of clean pockets for Mahomes last night. There was a lot of good running lanes for the running backs as well. They opened up some stuff, and, and the, the pockets were not always used effectively by the quarterback. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't Mahomes' best day. He didn't look super comfortable when he was in, but it's, it is definitely encouraging. You know Mahomes is going to get that corrected, and, and to have these clean pockets already from the new line, it was definitely encouraging. Yeah, and the other thing we too we see, and I think we're going to see it a lot this year on, the screen passes. Passes to the running backs, you know, that I think that's going to be one way that they, they get those uh, extra receptions. You know, no Watkins here anymore, although although he was injured. But I think they're going to use these backs. And we know that Jerk McKinnon 
has been known as a receiving back. Three catches for him, 21 yards. Even Clyde got in the, in the action before the ankle with the catch. But that seems to be one thing that they'll do. Now, it could be used you know, a lot of times if you have a leaky offensive line, you dump to the running backs. But the, that hasn't been the case, but they're still throwing to him, which leads me to believe it. I know it's a vanilla offense in the preseason, but I do feel these running backs, as, as a unit combined, will be plus five catches per game. Yeah, no, but I liked what we saw from the screen game last night. I saw you saw a different, a couple different types of screens. There was one with Clyde split out wide at wide receiver, and it was a quick pass over to him. He reads his line in the blocks and gets 12 yards, and and another screen pass with Creed Humphrey leading the way, making a few good blocks to get a first down. Yeah, the screen game looked really good. I think they ran three or four of them with the first team offensive line, and you have like you just mentioned with McKinnon. That's a few different options uh, for guys that you can trust to, to catch the ball and make moves in space with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and McKinnon. I think both those guys could be could be good features or good guys you can trust in the passing game this year. And and not to mention Darrell Williams, who isn't known for being a, a pass-catching guy or a receiving type of guy. He's more of a bigger body. But he's got plenty of passes from Mahomes in his career, and he can, he can definitely do it as well. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Not only that, but this line, I mean – I mean, just this Diang, you know, bring that. He's got a little bit of nastiness to him. You see him there at the right tackle. But, man, I, just every week we watch Trey Smith, and we've talked about him a lot. Just the way that he likes finishing blocks, he always has the upper hand against whoever he's blocking. Just the way that he, his position, his technique, the way he moves, uh, you know, player to player, you know, mowing him down. I think the Chiefs got something really special, this offensive line, because they're all agile and they all move. Yeah, they, the thing with Trey Smith is, is he definitely is, is, like you said, high effort, very strong and very physical, very violent. He's always going to try to finish the block, uh, finish it to the whistle. You know, one thing I, I will say, and it might be one of the reasons, you know, he wasn't just this surefire first-round pick, is he does get a little out of ahead of the skis a little sometimes where he just kind of gets his body or gets his, his uh, center of gravity over his legs or over his feet and kind of uh, loses balance and falls to the ground. There's a few too many times you see Smith ended up on the ground at the end of the play, but it's not because of a lack of effort. It, it's actually probably because he's putting in a little more effort than, than maybe his, his feet. You know, he brings his, his hands, uh, you know, quicker than his feet or whatever. So, yeah, I, I, that's the one little little weakness of Smith's game probably that he needs to work on is just staying balanced at all times and always staying in a good position to, to fire and stay on your feet. But, uh, yeah, you can't complain about that too much right now from a six-round rookie starting it and the way he's looked at on most snaps. I mean, it's been, it's been pretty amazing, honestly. The other side of the ball really showcased the defense looked good. I'm talking, you're talking what minus one yards total as a team offense, the cards in their first three drives, Murray ends up one for four for two yards in that game. They didn't pick up their first, uh, first down to 423 left in the second quarter. And once again, we saw five sacks again. Sometimes it's with the backups in it, it's fine. But we did see a secondary sack from Boodle. Chris Jones got in there again, this time from the outside. His first sack from the outside this 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 preseason. The other one was from the inside. But what an aggressive defensive line with the depth. And man, I'm telling you, the defense doesn't give a lot of get a lot of spotlight in Kansas City because most of it's offense. But you know, hats off this defense, the way they played in St. Joe and the way that they're they're going out and proving themselves. I think the Chiefs might have themselves their best defense under Andy Reid. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. We'll see, obviously, in the regular season. And, and you mentioned the aggressiveness of the defensive line. I want to point out the Detroit of the cornerbacks from last night. I think the first-team cornerbacks came in, and on the first three drives, 
every single one of them made a play. If it wasn't Snead from the slot position making a run stop on the first two plays of the game, mm-hmm. you had Charvarius Ward have a tackle for loss and run defense defending the edge on an off-tackle run. You had Mike Hughes have a defensive uh, you know, pass breakup on a third down on a short route where he just read the route really well and just stuck right on him. Yeah, all the cornerbacks were making plays, and that doesn't even include Juan Thornhill, obviously a safety, uh, making his big interception, uh, you know, later in the in late in the game. So, yeah, I think it was really encouraging for the defensive backs. Some of the guys you really you really need the Chiefs defense to get good things from this year. It was really good to see them make plays both in the run game and the passing game, obviously. And yeah, I think this. If you're talking about the, every level of the defense, I think you got to feel good about every single level right now. The one level we didn't really see much from last night, or you know, uh, much big plays at least, was the, the linebackers. I was kind of hoping we saw some Willie Gay, uh, you know, more Willie Gay playmaking because it was his first preseason game, missing the first one obviously. But they were kind of quiet last night. But I don't think that was a bad thing necessarily. I think that you know, four straight three, uh, three and outs. It's hard to say that they did anything bad. I think it was just. The rest of the the rest of the unit uh, did their job well. Well, DeAndre Baker led the way. He was tied with two other guys, Edwards and Anderson. Four tackles in the game. Shaverius Ward with three. DeAndre Baker is interesting to me. I know Mike Hughes, you know, ahead of him right now, and a tremendous returner, like we thought. Back at UCF, he had three returns for touchdowns his final year there. And even Tobes talked about his, you know, his playmaking ability as a returner. I think we're going to see a lot of returns this year from Mike Hughes. But DeAndre Baker, as I've always cautioned people with him, a little bit slower, you got to remember the injury. I mean, he's coming back from a lot more serious injury than anybody else in that secondary. I mean, you know, the, the broken tibia. As far as DeAndre Baker, it's going to take him some time. But he was the one that really flashed in the Niners game. I think the Chiefs can have some depth at corner. Yeah, I, that's, I, and I've said it before, but, yeah, Hughes has the position now, but it is definitely not a, a closed competition. I think Baker has every – reason and every chance uh, over this next month before the regular season starts to take that position from Hughes. But either way, yeah, if you have a, a competition like that and both players are playing well, obviously cornerback's one of the positions you need to be the deepest uh, you can in today's NFL with, with the high volume of passing and, and how much, you know, how many times you need three cornerbacks on the field, sometimes even four. And so, yeah, I, I, I think it's great. And, and that doesn't even include a guy like Rashad Fenton who has played really well in, at times in his NFL career when he's really needed to step up. Uh, week four last year against the Patriots comes to mind. Uh, he had a, a few different pass breakups and an interception, and actually, if I remember correctly, was the Chiefs' highest-graded PSS player that game as well uh, when he had to fill in for Snead injured that game. So, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs have a really should feel really good about their cornerbacks right now, and, and that's something I don't think a lot of Chiefs fans would have thought we were saying you know, in the yeah. spring uh, when, when we're not seeing them making any big moves in free agency or the draft to, to get cornerback and not bring him back to Shad Breeland. Uh, this cornerback group's all of a sudden uh, rounding out to look really good this year. Yeah, I said Tibia was his femur that he, that he broke last year, DeAndre Baker. What about Juan Thornhill? You have a nice piece of him uh, about him up on arrowheadpride.com. He said he's back in the postgame. I know uh, I was talking to uh, – it was uh, on with Carrington that one day because he's running with the threes. I said – they're going to work him, and he's getting a ton of snaps in preseason. They want him to be back 100%. He's fighting to come back because last year he did play 19 games but wasn't 100% healthy, as he said. Juan Thornhill can be a playmaker, and he can t- he's going to make this team, and he's going to be on the second team floating with the first team at different times this season. Makes a great diving interception. That was great to see for his confidence. But Juan Thornhill, when healthy, could be a hell of a player. 
Yeah, the thing I really like about this, this whole Thornhill thing, this whole storyline that's happened since he, he got injured and he's been coming back, is how open and honest he's been about his recovery, how it's affected him mentally and physically. He, he admits how, how much it drained his confidence last year, not being able to feel like he, he had uh, 100% control or 100% strength in, in his legs and everything. And, and he's, he fully admits that that completely affected him throughout the entire season last year. And obviously, you know, I, I, I don't know. We don't know for sure if, if he would let us know if it was still bothering him that much. Maybe he, he is kind of, you know, maybe he would hide it a little bit. But I think, I think it's safe to assume that when he's telling us he's back, he truly feels like he's back. And you can tell in these games physically, when you're talking about his change of direction, how fast he flies to the ball, how fast he's getting places, it does seem like he's, he's in a lot better shape in, in terms of, just uh, you know his athletic profile. He was a freak athlete coming out of the draft, and, and you expect to see that. And it seems like he's getting he's gotten a lot closer to that than he than he looked last year. So I'm a believing that that he's back. I think it's just been a little bit of an adjustment this off season. And they've had Sorensen. You know, Sorensen knows the defense so well, and he's such a reliable player that you know might as well have him with the first team. And yeah, get Thornhill a lot of reps in these preseason games. Sorensen doesn't need the reps, but Thornhill does. And and I think there's a there's a good chance by the time week one rolls around, Thornhill's running with those ones in Sorensen's place. I just think right now they're they're taking their time to get him as many reps as possible and letting him, you know, prove it on the field. And I think Saturday or Friday he definitely did. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Of course, this next Friday, you know, still uncertain who's going to play, when, and where. It is the last preseason game. You know, take away game four. Usually it's game three. Chiefs have to get down to 80 men on the roster. Uh, this coming uh, Tuesday, the following week, they have to go all the way down to 53. So I am interested what they'll do uh, playing time-wise with a lot of the starters Friday, not expecting a ton from them. I just want to get to week one, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. And speaking of the cutting down, uh, I, I do think uh, we have to mention Darius Fountain, who has all of a sudden kind of come on and, and, and has honestly made me reconsider the bottom of the, the wide receiver depth chart. I don't know if if he's pushed enough to, to make the move over Marcus Kemp. I know Marcus Kemp has had a really good camp, so I don't want to, you know, to, I, I'd like to see Kemp make the team. I, I kind of root for him as a guy that's been around. But, man, Fountain looks, looks the part of, a, of an X receiver. He makes tough catches in traffic. He created a lot of separation on that 41-yard pass he had Friday night. And, and one thing is, is, is it enough? Is, is this play enough for, for them to, the Chiefs to consider thinking about Cornell Powell? not making the team. I know he's a draft pick, and I know he's a guy that they seem to be excited about at first. But, man, Fountain's playing so well. I It's going to be a hard decision for them at the bottom of that receiver roster. I, I'd like to see Fountain stick around. Well, they certainly made him the priority, give him a bunch of looks against the Niners, made the best of his targets, targeted three times, three catches in this past game. And he is a former fifth-round pick just a couple years ago. So he is a guy that was drafted, just kind of looking for that extra chance. But I, I've been blown away with how good Fountain has looked. Again, we're talking, you know, guys on the end of the roster, but, you know, guys that will make this roster, you know, and I, I told him earlier, um, Ron, is the guy that doesn't get talked about but continues to perform each and every time he's asked is Byron Pringle. 63 yards this past week. He just quietly gets it done. Doesn't get talked about nearly enough, but just does his job. Just kind of like Jaron Reed of the defense that, oh, by the way, got a sack. What a huge offseason acquisition he is. But Byron Pringle continues to do his work. Yeah, the thing with Pringle, too, is, is if, and, I've, and I've been on the bandwagon of getting Pringle more playing time. I actually have always kind of liked 
to see Pringle maybe get the snaps that Robinson gets, you know, maybe have them, you know, share those snaps a little more. Robinson seems to dominate the, the wide receiver two or three reps, depending on who's in. But I'd like to see Pringle get more snaps. And, and it makes you kind of think if they really do like the depth at, at the receiver position and they trust Pringle to take a bigger step forward potentially, could there be a surprise cut like a Robinson? And, and I know actually Pete Sweeney kind of suggested this earlier in the offseason. And I thought it was very interesting because they don't bring him back. Uh, you know, they, they probably don't want to cut him because obviously he's an experienced player and the guy's really familiar with Mahomes and Mahomes familiar with him. But, man, if you really like the rest of this talent, you know, I don't see them re-signing Robinson to any time, you know, a long-term deal anytime soon. It's not going to be one of those things. He's kind of just a, a fill-in guy, a gap guy that they're going to maybe keep re-signing one-year deals to. Maybe if, you event, maybe if you finally like one of these younger guys, maybe you choose to go with them. And, and cut ties with Robinson. Who knows? Great stuff. Ron Kopp, catch him over at arrowheadpride.com. Does fantastic work over there. Ron, always enjoy it. I uh, can't wait for the season to start so we can start talking about when the starters actually play the whole game. So uh, <laughs> it's coming soon, brother. Again, we got yes, high sir. school football on Missouri side starting Friday, Kansas the following week. We got five college games this coming Saturday. Less than a week. We Football's back, bro. It's football season, man. It feels like football season talking with you, man. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks, Ron. Take care, brother. There you go, Ron Cop. there, at Ron underscore Cop K-O-P-P. Mentioned Juan Thornhill there. He says he's back. Hear from Juan Thornhill next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. Big thanks to Ron Cobb from ArrowheadPride.com that just joined us talking Chiefs, this offense and defensive line that has me so excited. And then we had Steve and Olathe that didn't, uh, he had questions about the Badgers. I kind of have none. I will say this about the Honey Badgers. The first guy to show up to practice every day was him. Every day. This guy gets it. This guy wants it. It's going to be fun to watch. But here was uh, Juan Thornhill after the game. And he does say, hey, baby, I'm back. Fire away. Um, it's just a play that I wanted for myself. Like the ball is in the air, and I just did my job and went to go make the play. Can you take us through the read because you were a few steps elsewhere? It's more about playing a game with the quarterback because, like, I was trying to show that I was like helping somewhere else, and I took like a false step. And once I knew the quarterback saw that, he was gonna try to hit number three, like bending over the top. And he threw it right behind one of our backers' ears, and I just went and made the play. Mm-hmm, definitely, because like I mean, every time you got to play games with the quarterback. The, the quarterback's trying to make plays just like you are. But if you just give away everything, he's not going to go to where you want to go. So yeah, I just gave a false step. He threw the three, and I just went and made the play. That seems to show a comfort level in what you're doing out there, right? I mean, did you feel like maybe last season you would do something like that? I mean, were you that comfortable out there? Um. 
I mean, that's that's hard to, to look at because last season, I mean, I was going through a lot of things, but I put last season behind me, and I'm just trying to move forward. I'm trying to make the plays that I used to make, and whenever the coach called me, whenever my teammates need me, I'm just out there to make that play. You played a lot this preseason. Mm-hmm. How do you deal I mean, it's always great when you're out there getting a lot of reps because there's guys that's in this locker room that wants the same amount of reps that I'm having. So I'm not going to go out there and complain that my coach is giving me three quarters when there's guys that just want one. So I'll never complain about that. And I think it's good for me to get my legs moving, get used to playing in the game. I'm sure you've addressed this before, but I'm, I'm not sure I know the answer. How physically do you feel compared to your first season? I mean, are you physically completely the same like I'm the back head, I'm you? back there was uh there were some times last season I was I was down myself I wasn't I was never a hundred percent I just had to fight through the pain and this season I this offseason I just attacked it uh trying to get my knee back to 100 percent and I definitely could say I'm back does it make you it's a funny way to put it I guess but make you feel freer to, to, to be what you want to be oh yeah when you when you're out there focusing on football and not the knee I mean you always play better because like there was times last season I was just like down myself, like, can I still jump that high? Can I still run this fast? Can I push off that leg like I want to? But this season, I'm just focusing on football. That just automatically allows you to make more plays. Not to focus or to put too much stock into one play, but how much can that interception do for you? I mean, whenever you make a play, it always boosts your confidence just to show that you, you still can do it. Like for any guy, like if there was Pat was to throw a touchdown, that will automatically take his, his confidence up to a new level. Just like me, I just made an interception. My level of confidence just went up. I have a similar question, but you say you feel bad been making plays in practice, but to make it in the game like that in a live situation, just how good did that feel? I mean, it felt great. I mean, you can do it on national TV, and everyone saw it. They saw that I still can play like I used to. I mean, that just is a great feeling. Chris, thanks, Juan. All right. So there's one Thornhill had that impressive interception. I like the attitude. <laughs> I love it. I mean, what he says is, you know, yeah, I'm playing a lot of quarters. There's a lot of guys who would love to have just one quarter. Like, that's not a guy that takes it for granted. That's a guy that wants to play. Like, I, I appreciate that attitude, man. He loves playing the game of football. It's always a big question. How much the guy love football? There are guys that love football right there. Juan Thornhill. I like the attitude as he says he's back. Um, good stuff from Juan Thornhill. Speaking of back, Josh Vernier's back to give his assessment of the Chiefs offensive line Friday night. Just kidding. We'll actually talk to Vern about uh, Royals baseball, they have winners of five of six. Vern took some shots at me the other night. Like, I'm going to keep it all positive. I think Vern's the best in the business. We talk to Josh Vernier next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 